you have come to the place where you can learn to harness the power of intention, to create subconscious beliefs that serve you, and to gain insights that allow you to create a life personally and professionally that you desire. This is the place where you leverage your subconscious mind and design your destiny. Join me now, your host, Penny Chason. Hey, Penny here, and I want to talk to you today about one of the most common questions I am asked. And this whole episode is prompted by a question that my student asked me in a recent certification class, and that is knowing what we know about how powerful the mind is, all that we know about stress, why isn't hypnosis the first line option that we go to? And that is a million dollar question. Now, before I dive into what hypnosis is good for, I just want to take one minute and explain what hypnosis is for those of you who might not know. Hypnosis is simply a state of focused attention where we have a bypass of the critical factor, kind of think of it like a filter of what is allowed into make actual changes in the subconscious mind so that we can receive suggestions, acceptable suggestions that we choose to receive. So If you look up the definition of hypnosis, you are going to find as many definitions as there are theories about hypnosis out there, but that is the simplest and most basic. And everyone listening to this podcast has been in and out of hypnosis thousands of times in your life. Anytime that you've been driving and you've been focused and you've completely lost track of time and did not remember passing a certain building or landmark, you have been in that state. The only thing that was missing, so to speak, that you would have in hypnosis is that you weren't receiving suggestions in that state. People commonly ask me also, what's the difference between meditation and hypnosis? And when one does meditation, you may enter that suggestible state. The difference is the intent behind the meditation is different from the intent in hypnosis. In hypnosis, your goal is to receive suggestions to facilitate change in your life. So with that out of the way, what my student was referring to, which led to several questions from followers on Facebook, is that only 3% of all disease is actually hereditary. And to explain specifically what I mean, because there are a lot of conditions that are, and I'm doing air fingers, quote, genetic, but air fingers, quote, genetic does not mean it's a hereditary disease. And I'm going to explain briefly what I mean so that you have clarity of what I'm sharing with you, because there are misunderstandings around hypnosis. People most commonly think of hypnosis and they think of what they see in a stage show or on a movie, that it's mind control, that you're out, that you're under. These are what we call bad words in hypnosis because no one's out or under. My clients hear every word that I say. They remember what takes place in a session. So 
for that clarity. A hereditary disease is one that if you have the gene, you're absolutely going to get the disease. Muscular dystrophy, cystic fibrosis, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. There are a whole host of diseases that are definitively hereditary. Now, there are many others that we can carry genes that we are predisposed to certain ailments, illnesses, or diseases. And depending on the combination of genetics that we have, or if our body gets placed in a situation where its internal environment fosters the activation of these genes, we can develop these symptoms and full-blown syndromes. So that's the difference. The 3% we don't have influence over, the 97%, we have some degree of influence over that. And that's the piece that I'm talking about. You see, stress Many times we don't even recognize we're under stress, okay? We were created to, you know, come into this life and our priorities are to procreate, to have shelter and food. Our society has rapidly progressed and evolutionary wise, our bodies have not adapted to the stressors in our life at the same rate that our world around us has. When your alarm goes off in the morning, it startles you. It activates a stress response. When your kids have to be to school on time, you're running around the house. The kids lost the shoe. Where's your shoe? Look under the bed. I did look under the bed. And you're going around in circles and you go in there and you pull up the bed covers and there right under the bed is the shoe. You know, so now you're stressed, you're running around, you were going to get them to school just on time. Now you're running late and you got the meeting with the boss and, oh crap, I got to pull something out for dinner so that when we get home, I can cook. We normalize this as life. And we're like, you know what? I'm just grateful that I have kids and a job. Yes, gratitude is wonderful, but that is stress. We have stress in all areas of our life and we don't even realize it. For some people, every time they sit down to pay the bills, there's stress, especially if you're in a situation or they're in a situation where, you know, there's concern about a potential job loss or you know, medical bills have come in, or there's always just enough. Even having to stay in a job that you don't like because something better hasn't come along. We kind of normalize this as not as life. Some people even feel guilty simply expressing what they're experiencing so that they can process the frustration and emotion, and they hold this in. Now, speaking of emotion... Unprocessed emotions create stress subconsciously because our emotions drive us to take care of a problem. And when we haven't satisfactorily taken care of that problem, it's kind of an open loop and it's hanging out and it puts the mind on alert, looking for other situations that may put us in a similar circumstance so that it can help us try to avoid it. When we experience stress, we don't always feel physical symptoms from it 
or I shouldn't say physical symptoms. We don't feel the physical effects from it always. Sometimes we do. We're like tired, we get a headache, we're jittery. Other times it's this constant low level stress that we don't realize it's under the surface until we get sick. When we're in a great state of health, we tend to not get sick. Then you may go through a period of time, we've all heard the phrase, when it rains, it pours. And we've all known someone who seemed to have a series of things crop up in life. And then all of a sudden they got a cold and they get over the cold and then something else happens. And, you know, then they get sick again. And it seems like they just can't get out of this rut of when they seem to be feeling better and things start going well, then something else will happen in their life. And here they go again. When we're under stress, it impacts our immune system. The chemical state in our body changes and the chemical state in our brain changes. In these states, what happens is our individual cells in our body, they are going to adapt to best survive in the environment that they're in. And sometimes our cells' best attempts to help us to weather this storm at an individual cellular level will end up resulting in genes being activated that inadvertently cause more issue. If you're like most people that I have worked with either in group or one-to-one, then most likely you are someone that seeks out journaling opportunities, yoga, meditation to create a sense of calm and peace in your life. What if I told you that there is a practice that not only allows you to introduce peace and the sense of calm in your life, but it does so by releasing negative beliefs, recognizing the truths about you, that you are lovable, that there's never been anything wrong with you, all while allowing you to create a deeper connection spiritually, then I'm sure you're going to want to get in on this. So I want you to head over to the website, pennychason.com forward slash release and get on the wait list now because the doors are opening soon on release, renew, realign. I talk about this in the introduction to my book, Breaking the Fibro Code. This is something that we can influence. Meditation and other stress-reducing modalities when consistently practiced can actually switch on genes that promote healthy immune system that tend to create a better state of health. In one study, there were over 1,500 genes that were identified as being activated with a consistent practice of meditation meditation gets you into a state that induces your relaxation response. Hypnosis gets you into a state that induces your relaxation response. Hypnosis, different from meditation, also helps you to eliminate the thoughts, reframe the triggers, to see things differently, to reduce your perceptions of what you are experiencing as stress. It helps us to change our habits. It helps us to 
incorporate things into our life that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Some people try to quit smoking using willpower. I'm going to tell you right now, willpower does not work. Willpower is a function of the conscious analytical mind. And in the same way that your cell phone battery runs dead, if you have too many apps running, at the end of the day, your conscious mind is wore out and tired. And your willpower becomes weaker as the day wears on. So willpower doesn't work. However, You can use hypnosis and eliminate the desire or the craving for that cigarette. You can use hypnosis to eliminate the desire or the craving for sweets and chocolates that create an environment in the body that creates a predisposition to diabetes, that creates an environment where inflammation thrives. Inflammation causes so many health problems, including chronic pain. Pain is the reason I became a hypnotist. I took the certification out of curiosity. I actually opened a practice when I saw what it could do for chronic pain. That's a whole other story in and of itself, but I got these questions that I do want to go over here that came up as a result of the video that I did and someone wanted to know specifically, is hypnosis good for depression and anxiety? When it comes to a diagnosed depression or a diagnosed anxiety, yes, hypnosis can help, but with one caveat, it needs to be with the awareness of the person who made the diagnosis and is otherwise treating the condition. And the reason why is hypnosis can be so effective, especially with anxiety, that that provider needs to be aware of the work that you're doing so that as the client feels better, the client and their physician or nurse practitioner, whoever it is they may be working with, can work together to manage their medications. I had a client once, she came to me because she was had had difficulty sleeping for 20 years and her doctors had put her on a heavy sleeping medication and she was on an anxiety medication. She'd been on both of these for 20 years. So when she came to me and she says, I really don't want to be on these medications anymore. I want to be able to go to sleep without them. I said, sure. I gave her a letter, take this to your doctor, have him fill it out and sign it, and I'm happy to work with you. I had a plan to work with her to kind of peel the layers. There was a lot going on, and I wanted to be sure she got a thorough result. So the first week that we worked together, we had two sessions scheduled the first week. We did the first session. She left feeling great. When she came back for her second session two days later, and I asked her how she's doing, she goes, oh, I haven't taken my medicine in two days. I feel great. And I had to stop her right then and say, okay, when you leave here today, when you leave, you are going to call your doctor. Because as a healthcare provider, I knew it was unsafe for her to stop those medications cold turkey. So I'm like, when you leave here, you're going to go call your doctor. You're going to tell him how you feel and 
allow him to appropriately taper you off of your medications. So 20 years of a sleeping pill and an anxiety med so that she could lay down and fall asleep with her mind quiet, without overthinking and her mind racing, we (laughs) made huge headway in one session. And after our work together, she was doing absolutely great. I mean, her entire life and her outlook had changed. She was in her late 60s, early 70s. I don't remember exactly, but the thing is, most of our anxiety starts out as overthinking. Now, we don't recognize that we do that, and I'm not saying that all anxiety is overthinking. There are a lot of things just from my background I know that can cause it, but your common everyday people call themselves air fingers, quote, anxious, have gotten into this from overthinking and don't realize it because what happens again, we experience a thought, we have an emotion, it generates a physical feeling in our body. And if we start going, oh my gosh, what if I feel this way? And then we become fearful of experiencing this uncomfortable feeling and things begin to snowball. And before we know it, we have something that we're trying to control and can't quite control it that well. Now, as far as depression, definitely hypnosis can help, but only under the advisement of the person taking care of that depression. And that is because there needs to be a team approach because typically for most people with a diagnosis of anxiety, they're on medications and things need to be managed. Someone else commented to me privately They had reached out to me quite some time ago wanting to work on stress because when they got stressed, their pain was worse. And we worked through this process of eliminating stress and the comfort levels drastically increased. The triggers were gone that would cause the really uncomfortable situations. And this individual messaged me and said, you know what, I really want to go to the doctors and say, why didn't you give me this as an option? Look at where I am now. And it was simply through relief of stress that we were able to get a significant shift in a change in feelings. Anything Anything that you're experiencing that's related to inflammation, this related to stress, we're talking high blood pressure, tendency or predisposition towards heart disease, asthma, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, anything that's aggravated or made worse by stress, you can get some relief and possibly significant reversal of some of the symptoms that you're experiencing using hypnosis. Is hypnosis 100% for everyone? No, but I've seen too many people have symptoms that have plagued them. And either to me personally or other hypnotists I know, they go and they have sessions for, I'm just going to throw another one out there, for nail biting. They go have hypnosis for nail biting and the debilitating migraines that they've been having for 20 years disappear and never come back. 
never did a session for a migraine. It was just for the nail biting. But when she resolved what was driving the nail biting, the stress that was triggering, that low-level stress that was running, that then when something else would happen that it triggered these migraines, it was gone. That's just a few of the things that hypnosis can help with. I went over this, we're at over 20 minutes, and it was not my intention to run this long. But hypnosis, if it has anything to do with your mind, if your mind can influence it, hypnosis can help it. And I want to leave you with that. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in today. I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review about how this episode has helped you to improve your life. When you leave a positive review, it helps us to reach even more people, helping them to change their lives. And that positive energy and vibration of sharing comes back to you as we spread the message of how you can use the power of intention, creating stronger subconscious beliefs, and raising our vibration to create the life that we desire the one that we're here to truly live so that we can fulfill our purpose in life. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.